Hi everybody, welcome to another Park Report Podcast. This is Roy Avon. Before we get started, just a reminder to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and also our special video podcast episodes on YouTube. And also don't forget to check out our reviews and news on parkport.com always. We're updating things daily and you can check out everything on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well if you follow us there. Another great new album that just came out is from King's X. It's called Three Sides of One. came out on September 2nd. This is the band's first album in 14 years. And uh, it's getting great reviews. There's a few singles out now. A couple of videos uh, for Give It Up and All God's Children were done by our good friend Christian Rios. So shout out to him. Uh, you want to check those out. If you haven't checked out the album, it's really, really great. I had a chance to speak with the three guys, Jerry, Doug, and Ty, uh, before the release of the record. That interview was put out on the band socials and label socials. And uh, here for you guys is an audio version of that full interview together uh, combined. So check out my interview with the legendary King's X. Okay, hi everybody. I'm Roy and I'm here with the legendary King's X. We got Doug, we got Jerry, we got Ty. Hi guys, say hello. Hey. Hello. Good so uh, this is exciting for me. It's exciting for uh, for Inside Out and uh, for all the fans as well that have uh, you know grown up on King's X music over the years and seen you guys live and bought all the records. And we're so happy to have you guys back with a new album. Uh, we got Three Sides of One comes out on September second. Uh, congrats! I've heard the album. It's incredible. And uh, we have a single out already, Let It Rain, which is uh, which is out there for everybody to check out. First, I just you know let's uh, go around the room here and just uh, you know Ty, how was uh, how's your last few years been for you? Um, I've actually kind of enjoyed uh, just uh, being in the routine of coming out here to the studio pretty much every day, and uh, either doing video stuff for Patreon channel or writing writing new music and working on records. Um, I'm already working on the next Rat Pack record. So I, I just stay in a constant work mode and this is where I do it every day. And it, really nothing has changed much. I just uh, been doing the same thing. Yeah. Jerry, how about yeah. you? Well, um, uh, I've uh, been trying to wrap my head around the new world. Everything has changed every day seems like uh, right is wrong and wrong is right and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I think I'm doing good. I enjoy being home. I like the fact that I could be home all the time. I like that. Uh, and uh, I'm just taking things moment by moment and living my life that way. Yeah, right on. If that's all I can do. Doug, how have you been? Dude, I guess I can just, whatever time Jerry said, that's, that's my life too, pretty much. Just been here doing my thing. Uh, projects and writing music and hanging out and just doing what I've always done. Um, but let's let's transition into into the good news and the good things that are happening, which is your new record. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's my line. <laughs> I know, Jerry. I had to steal it. <laughs> uh, Three Sides of One uh, comes out September second. Um, you know your first album in fourteen years since uh, since the uh, XV or fifteen uh, record came out. Um, yeah, you've got to just outside of 
everything else going on, be super excited to get this music out to the fans, right? I mean, talk about just, you know, the anticipation of uh, leading up to the record and, and now it's going to be out soon. Well, I'll say this. I will say that when we decided to make this record finally after all these years, uh, I really didn't even want to do it then either because I never really want to do anything. I just want to stay home all the time. <laughs> and then, um, and I knew we were going to be working with Michael Parnon. I had never worked with him. I don't even know if I'd met him before, maybe briefly. And uh, then I had a conversation with Michael over the phone. And once I had that conversation with him, I was completely in. And from that point on, it became one of the best experiences of my life recording. And now we have, a, I think, a great record and it's going to come out. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Uh, Ty, how about you? Um, I, I, um, I, because I honestly believed for many years we were never really going to record again. Um, when, when we finally were all like, let's give this our, our all and do this thing. Uh, when we finally got to there, I, uh, I became really excited about it because it's something I didn't expect. Uh, I really didn't think we'd ever do that again. And we went in on this and, and we gave it everything we had. We did our best. We really tried to dig deep. We tried to experiment and go new places. We tried to give each other space and room to be themselves and grow in the music and do whatever. And uh, I enjoyed every bit of it. I've, I told, I've told people before, I, I really did enjoy recording this record more than any record I can think of uh, that I've ever been a part of including all of our other King's X records. And I've enjoyed some of them a lot, but I just really enjoyed this one. I felt uh, I liked where everybody's heads was, were at, you know, and um, just everybody's contributions were exciting. And it was just fun to see it grow into what it became. Yeah. Doug, what's your awesome. take on it? Um, I never not wanted to make a record. Uh, these last 15 years, I always, always on my mind, let's do a record, let's do a record. Um, but you know, fate has its way of, uh, taking us where we need to be if you're just open-minded. So, uh, you know, finally, for me personally, finally, we get to make a record and it was the right record to make. It was the right time to make it. We were all in the right frame of mind. Um, to me, it was, it was exactly what should have been done, even though I wish it had happened. 14 years ago. Uh, uh, but in the meantime, you know, for me, that big, that was a, a time of finding myself, learning, playing with other people, making other music, writing lots of stuff. Just, it's sort of like just getting away from the family and, and trying to find myself again, you know? So it was, uh, uh, it was a good thing at the end of the day. You know, there's been a, a, a number of bands in the last few years that have come back and, and made records after, not making them for a long time. But I find that a lot, and, and including you guys among this, why I mention it, is that there's sort of a freshness about the records that are coming from these bands and, and as well from you guys after these years. What do you think that is attributed to? What's the biggest change that has happened over the years that you come back to a record and it just sounds like, wow, we miss these guys. They're, they're, there's a freshness about this record. I think the pandemic reset a lot of people you know, made us think and go realize why we're here, what we're doing and who we're with. You know, we're stuck at home. 
locked away and we had to deal with ourselves. you know we didn't have all our devices to to uh, uh to distract us except for maybe drugs <laughs> and alcohol but but uh I, I i everybody that i talk to seems different you know and it, just everybody you know no one's just sat here going ah it's another day i mean we've all we've all changed and i think it reflects in the world pretty much in a negative and positive way was there a different approach to uh to the recording Ty, in, in terms of tracking and were you guys sending files back and forth? Is that something that was different than you have done before? Um, no, I mean, it, it kind of went down in a uh, somewhat normal manner this time where everybody brought songs in. We listened to everybody's stuff and whatever we all seemed to gravitate toward and be excited about, we wanted to work on. And the only difference would be in the old days, we might spend a month in pre-production before going into the studio. But the truth is we still do that work. We just do it in the studio now instead of pre-production. We work on the songs. And when you find a magic moment or a magic idea, you're ready to hit record right then. That would be the difference, I think. Before we would work it out in the old days, uh, work it out meticulously before going in. Right. And nowadays we do the uh, working it out in the studio so that when the magic is ready, we hit record. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so when did the work on this album start? When did you guys start writing? And, and what was the first step where you said, okay, let, we have a, let's work on this new record. Were, were you just writing all the time and that decision came later? Or, you know, what was the starting point? We've, I think uh, for me, I've been writing all the time and uh, I think we've all, I, I think we did every now and then pop up and play something for each other through the years or just listen to each other's solo records and stuff. And for me, I was just going, yeah, we're still got it. We're still going to do this. And I think everyone was, well, for me personally, I can't speak for anybody else, but I was just honing in, you know, on what I do. I wrote about 35 songs in the year and a half, you know, between the pandemic and all that stuff. And I got more older ones. So nothing's different. I just had more time to stay at home and work on them. Oh yeah, I, re I remember we were on, I think we were maybe in Europe on, uh, um, and I had a couple songs I had written and I played them for the guys. And I remember for the first time they seemed encouraged and Jerry said he was encouraged and horrified. And that's when I knew, okay, this is gonna work. Because when Jerry's horrified, that means it's going to be great. Because <laughs> he'll always step up to the plate. Uh, you know, that's, I don't know. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's early in the morning and I'm not stoned yet. So I'm trying to get my brain working. <laughs> um, tell me about the, the title of the record, Three Sides of One. Uh, you know, does that have a, a special meaning and, and how did you settle on that as being the album title? I can tell you that one. I think unless somebody wants it, well, you can add to it. Um, you know, with King's X, we always, when we make name things and stuff like that, we get into this place where we start naming things and we get crazy and we have fun and we laugh and stuff like that. This time it seemed like we didn't have any ideas for a, 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 an album name. And Alex kept asking us and no one would respond and I couldn't come up with nothing. And one day he called and said, look, how about three sides of truth? And, um, and I thought about three sides of one. And at 
think from that point on, we all just kind of gravitated to that and, uh, and it became the album. But Three Sides of Truth was cool, but I thought it was a bit pretentious. And Three Sides of One is, Three Sides of One is King's X. Anyway, you gonna say, Ty, go ahead. Yeah, it was all done through email and you're absolutely right. We, mm -hmm. we couldn't come up with anything. When Alex said Three Sides of Truth, I think all of us thought that's close, but that's just not mm -hmm. good. And I said one, and I remember I immediately said, because uh, I just felt like that's the title. And uh, I think Jerry reacted like that, too. It was a much, much better idea. Uh, no, I totally agree. That's exactly how it happened. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the album production, because the album has a really great sound to it. And uh, we, you mentioned you worked with Michael Parnon as, uh, on the record. What were you guys going for sonically? Did you have a, an idea going in? And and what uh, what were you looking for? When did you know you you had the sound you wanted for this record? Uh, well, I'm a big fan of Michael Parnon, uh, and uh, Doug did a solo album out there at Black Sound a few years back that I have always thought sounded just amazing. And uh, ever since then, I've wanted to work with him, and I've wanted to see what King's X would sound like in that place and with him. Uh, at the controls because I just really dig what I've heard him do. Dude gets rock and roll. He understands uh, on a different level the coolness of how to build things and uh, try to emotionally make something happen. He just, uh, I don't know how he kept up with everything because we recorded so many tracks compared to normal. It was just absolutely insane. I mean, every time I laid down a guitar part, we would have multiple amps and multiple cabinets capturing that on different tracks and then of course i would overdub and then i would overdub more each one of those would be five six guitars sometimes or cabinets so that it was so many tracks I, I don't know how on earth he could keep up with stuff but that's the way he does stuff he captures so much that he can go back and meticulously find what he needs uh to make it happen and um he just basically i, I love his style and uh so I, I've been wanting to work with him for years, and I was just very happy to get in there and see what it would be like. And I, I, it was just total fun. You know, he's a very fun person to work with. He works hard, uh, gets the job done, and uh, and makes it a, a a great environment for trying to be creative. I will have to say I agree with everything Ty just said. And I just want to add from, from my viewpoint, uh, working with Michael, uh, he, no matter what idea we had, however we explained it to him, I could say to him, so Michael, can we make the snare sound a little bit more blue with like a green tint? And then, you know, the chorus sound a little bit more green. Can we do that? He was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and that's the, way, that's the way it was with Michael, whatever it was. Yes, we can do that. We can make that happen, right? That's yeah. Michael. <laughs> That's right. It was always, yes, we can do yes, that. Yes, we can do that. <laughs> yes, yes, it was always, yes. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I love, I, I've worked with Michael uh, a couple times. He did my uh, Hendrix tribute record also. And when I moved to California, I lived in the studio and tracked in the guitar room. I slept there for like six months. I had all my stuff in there and everything. And so I've known him for a long time. And what I love about Michael is that he's worked with just about every great producer that you can think of. I mean, if you sit down and talk to him, the people that he can name 
that he's worked with and the stories he could tell you. And he learned from the best, learned and learned and learned. And he knows, I think he knows more than all of them. He's like, he's like the Steve Ray Vaughan of the Hendrix world. You know, it's like he just soaked it all in and then knows how to do it right. And what I love about this record that he made was it was completely analog except for uh, Pro Tools. Everything was two bass pedals. Even when the record was mastered and uh, uh, it was all done with tubes. Uh, I went to the mastering facility and they, they didn't use any uh, uh, compression. They used tape saturation. Um, there was this EQ that he had that had tubes on every channel of the EQ and he would just lift things up and bring it down. And, and whatever this guy was doing at Grumman, it was just amazing. But what I love about the record to make a long story short was it's just about all analog. And I think we need to hear that again. I think people need to hear that. Uh, vinyl is the new thing and young kids especially are hearing music again, like it, like we used to listen to it, yeah. you know, uh, not with all the digits and the squashing and all that kind of crap. So I think this record is light years uh, ahead of the of the norm. I think basically you could say it's retro more than anything. Um, even every song is different. It's like for me, my bass tone was different on every song. Guitar tones were different, too. Drums are different, actually. Snare sounds. So every song has its own character characteristic and even EQing. Some songs is big bass, some songs there's hardly any bass in it. Some songs the drums are out front, sometimes the drums are very way in the back. But like I said, each song was tailor-made for that song. And that's the thing I love about this record more than anything. And I find that people are liking that also. That's cool. You don't hear a lot of records these days made like that anymore, you know. And also the record, that's you know, cool. the record is 45 going to be played on 45 it's a double record so that's pretty cool i play the record here at home and it just sounds amazing oh yeah. by the way jerry i played uh, uh my roommates that wanted to hear the record a couple days ago and i have a record player so i set it up and i said here go listen to it and i left and there was like four people in the room sitting there and when they got done one of my roommates said man my favorite songs are all jerry's <laughs> that's and he, awesome man. and he didn't look up at me like it would upset me or nothing we just went fuck yeah because i agreed with him and we all just <laughs> chuckled about it and, and walked on like yeah got a great record yeah and i remember when i sent you the demos for that you said the most wonderful thing ever to me i did what my... did i say it was a lie i know it was i'm not gonna repeat it though <laughs> but it made me feel very very nice inside, Doug. Good, Jerry. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's the let's, truth. And I, you know me; I don't bullshit. That's uh, that's cool. Let's let's talk about some of the songs. Uh, I want to start with the uh, the album opener and the first single, "Let It Rain." Uh, you know, tell me about that song and and how that came together. What you know, the meaning behind it. Um, "Let It Rain." I mean, that that that's one of my songs, and and musically, it's just another song. You know, and that King's X can turn into a great song. But uh, lyrically, you know, it's again about what we see in our lives right now. And, you know, I used to make a joke that, you know, what's going to fix all this? We just need a fucking flood and start over again. You know, it's like just drown us all the way and let's start it out again. Start out again to do the same thing again. 
Uh, and that was my philosophy on uh, lyrically on that song, Let It Rain. And the other thing, too, is it seems like everybody's so afraid nowadays. I mean, fear is rampant in the world, uh, and it's being exploited, controlled, and you know, uh, monetarized, what's the word for it? Money's, money's being made. Um, it's, just a, it's just so crazy. And I just thought, you know, how are we going to fix this? Just start over again. Okay, that's it. <laughs> you know, I love the uh, the opening chords, and and while it's not a crazy fancy riff or anything, but there's just something about the the you know the way that song starts and the sound of those chords sounds killer. Um, you know, was that you were referring to the recording techniques behind that? Was there was there something to that as well that makes that sound like it does? I think it all fell into place. It was like the guitar was going all by itself. And it just, I mean, I don't know how, uh, who came up with that, but uh, I remember when the bass came in, I said, take the bass out and let's do like three did and all right now and just sing, sing the vocals and then kick it in. And it seemed to really help the song, you know, uh, it, it, it gave you more anticipation. The other thing I love about it is when the guitar chord comes in at the beginning, you don't know where the one is. Right. And uh, pe people have said that. They go, it took them a second to find the groove. And I'm going, yes, that's the whole purpose. Of that. <laughs> it reminds me of Hell's Bells, the beginning of Hell's Bells. And I think that such a powerful statement. And I think this song uh, in that same, in, uh, st same sense makes a powerful statement. Uh, the way it was arranged that way, because it wasn't that way originally. But uh, like I said, King's X comes in, and we move things around and get it right. Yeah. How we got how we got that sound was um, Michael Parnon got sat on the floor and was manually turning the knobs on my ultra vibe while I hit the chords, so Ooh. it would speed up and slow down and stuff. He was manually tweaking it while I played it. Because cool. I didn't have any way to speed it up and slow it down. So all of that weird wobble change is Michael Parnon just grabbing the knob and doing it while I play. That's genius. I, I sit there and listen to that going, how did he do that? That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that. that. Those kind of subtle things make, uh, make these songs, you know. Um, let's jump into uh, uh, Give It Up, another uh, killer rocker on the, on the record, uh, you know, I don't know who wrote which one, so I'm not. I'm gonna, you know, let okay. whoever wants to talk about it. I pen, I, I pen that one too. Um, and I, 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 in the batch of songs that I was writing, I wanted to write a simple song, something just plain old simple, no brains, just that. And I wrote that, and um, I kind of liked it, and I played it for the guys, and they liked it. I think what, what really helped that song was the key changes at the end we we kept going up uh at the choruses which to me made the song the rest of the song <laughs> i thought was kind of boring but uh it's fun to dance to jump around and sing and lyrically it's about getting old and there was there was a time when well chris cornell had died had killed himself and then chester killed himself and then there was other things happening and i thought man people are killing themselves i don't want to die I don't know what's going to happen when I die. What the fuck? You know, it's like, why am I, why should I be in such a hurry to get to death? You know, cause I don't know what's, what's over on the other side. So lyrically that song is just about making the best that you can make it until you're dead. 
that's kind of morbid. It's kind of morbid. <laughs> <laughs> All I think about is dying, guys, because I'm 71 and people are dying around me. And I'm not afraid to die. And I'm not, uh, I'm not having a problem with it. But I've always lived 20, 30 years into the future. I've always thought about dying, even as a child, what's going to be like when I get old. And now I'm here and I'm experiencing <laughs> it's a surprise to me, more or less, because I'm experiencing the things that I had been thinking about my whole fucking life. I, you know, the end of my life and the beginning of my life, it's all one thing. So, so I think about that a lot is, is what, what, what's going to happen when I'm dead and who gives a fuck, you know, and all this shit I have in the house and going, who's going to take this? Who's going to take these guitars? And, and you know, what's going to happen with all that? And what was it worth it? What's worth it, you know? And um, so that's where I'm at right now is everything is, do you want to do this? Is this going to make you happy? Because if it's not and you don't want to, then don't do it. Life is too short. That's what that song's about. Okay, sorry about the sermon. <laughs> Here you go. And another, let me say something about what I feel about death. I mean, I, I don't know everything, of course, but in my experience, I did sort of kind of die at one point. And had I, I been alone, I would be dead had I been alone, but I wasn't. But I have no recollection of that at all. And I was apparently in a lot of pain because it just took me down. And that helped me to kind of think that maybe death is kind. You know, when death comes to us, maybe it eases, eases us into itself. I don't know. That's a song. Death, death is kind. I'm going <laughs> to think about that one. Ty, you want to add anything about the, the song with, you know, your guitar work on it? Oh, well, not anything about the guitar playing, but I was going to say that um, the part that Dub thinks is, uh, you know, thought was maybe boring uh, it, is the the verses that are just kind of just straight ahead. And uh, I was going to say that that was one of the things I liked most about the song is the rhythm of the vocals on top of that guitar part. The, the vocals are very rhythmic and are part of the beat almost the way you sing things on that in that yeah. song on the verses. And that to me, every time I, I, I can't play that enough. I love that. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's talk about what well, we alluded to a little bit earlier, but let's let's talk about it uh, uh, again. Just uh, at this point in the in the call is uh, all God's children. And, uh, you know, I know you talked about what that song was about a little bit, but, um, you know, maybe just go over that one again, how it, how it came together musically. Uh, well, musically, uh, it was just a demo I made. And uh, like, like we do with all our songs, we, we built it into a glorious ending. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, that's another just really straight ahead, very, very simple song. Uh, but uh, it's a song that is about irony um, among those who call themselves God's children. Uh, and uh, we've seen more irony than ever lately in that world. And that's kind of what I was, just a mirror to what I see every day that really disgusts me. <laughs> Music, musically, it reminds me of the most brutal Black Sabbath from the first record, then goes into this beautiful dark uh, cascade of just love and and truth, <laughs> if I can say it that way. 
but I love when it comes in. It's like huge. It's it's the fattest guitar I've ever heard in my life. And uh, and 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 it's so badass. And when I remember when I was listening to it, I'm thinking, what can I do on my bass? And I thought, Geezer Butler, play Geezer. And so I literally went up high on my my neck and played what B- Geezer would play with those big the big riffs that Ty did. And it just reminds me of early Black Sabbath. But then when Ty kicks in and sings, it's like goes into a whole nother world. It's awesome. That's probably one of my favorite songs. Sonically, musically, it, it just does me. And even at the end, it's just it's just uh, majestic. <laughs> awesome. I wonder if you guys uh, have any favorite uh, King's X songs. I was, I was hoping I could maybe ask each of you to pick three of your favorites or how, however many that sort of stand out to you over the years that... Um, that you either love to play or just love to, to you know, maybe listen to again or, uh, you know, you've, you've made I so only many got amazing one songs. Song. I got two songs, Black the Sky, because I just, when I, after it was finished, I thought this is the, this is the song that I wanted to write. It is, and it came out the way I wanted to hear it, sonically, musically. It's the perfect song in my mind. It, it really is. And not saying I wrote the song, but because of, of we did it it's brendan produced it sonically everything about it and and i you know even lyrically i was in a depressed state and i feel like i nailed how i felt really well in that song and the other song is uh uh put a little soul in your pocket i was just trying to do a little curtis mayfield old 80s you know six i mean 70s song you know and and i was saying try some curtis mayfield type stuff and and, uh, and Ty wrote that, the, the guitar part. We wrote that song together, I think. Yeah, it was, uh, it was for Tapehead. So when Ty started playing that part, it just had such soul to it. And it reminded me of, of, of Curtis Mayfield type vibe. So lyrically, it just seemed to lean to that. I, I love that song. Um, those are the two. There's a couple others, but those are the two that stick out. Or, oh, one more. Um, I Will Hurt You over and over again. That one, to me, that was like pouring my sleeve out saying, if you trust me, I will hurt you. That's what we do. So forgive me now and let's get on with our lives. It was, that was where I was coming from. And again, musically, I think we wrote that together too, for Tapehead. And uh, just the vibe lent to that vocal thing, you know, and that was a record that time we got done with all the music and Ty and Jerry walked out of the studio and said, okay, Doug, go do your magic. And they left. <laughs> and I thought, I gotta sing all this stuff. And, you know, and I went in and did the best I could. And then Jerry and Ty came in and did all the magic. And uh, some of the tracks are even a little rough. I, I was, I, you know, I tracked them pretty horribly. I'm surprised Ty even got a good sound out of them. <laughs> you know? What a record. Uh, basically just songs that I write. That's all that really matters to me. <laughs> I'm the only thing that I ever think about. So songs I write. And me too. <laughs> yeah. But no, seriously though, it's, it's hard for me to pick any one or two or three songs with King's X or an album or anything like that. Cause when we make a record or whatever I'm doing, that's my favorite at the time. And I put everything I have into what we're doing at the moment. So in essence, I think they're all my favorite, at least at one point in time. So that's how I feel. I, I couldn't name any favorite King's X songs. It would de- 
depend on uh, the mood of the day because every once in a while I'll hear something old or, you know, from an album I haven't heard in 10 years. And, uh, and I'll think, wow, that's not half bad after all. But <laughs> I, I don't spend any time really listening to King's X because I'm, I'm in King's X. And we've had to hear these songs countless, countless times. So I, uh, <laughs> I enjoy playing them, but I wouldn't list any as favorites. <laughs> I enjoy them all. Awesome. Uh, you know, you guys have, have done side projects and, and taken breaks and, and, and all sorts of things, but you always come back, you know, and as King's X. And I think this time again is really special. But what do you, what is it that makes King's X work that is different than any other thing you guys have done that has kept it going for so long? For me, there's a magic that happens that you can't conjure up. And everybody else I've ever played with, the magic isn't the same. I have a great time playing with other people, but with King's X, there's something really special about it. And it really hit me when we were in the studio making this record. And I think I was listening to the first track of a rough, not a rough mix, but uh, just a rough take that we were a song we were doing. And I walked into the studio and listening to the playback, I thought to myself, oh my God, I forgot. This is, this is, this is a really good band. I mean, really good. And then I think <laughs> about it, I'm going, Ty and Jerry can do one or two takes sometimes and the song is done. Any other band takes weeks to get through a song it's like those both of those guys amaze me at how quick they can pick something up and lay it down and walk away and drop the mic you know it's it's that's the magic of king's x uh and that i don't see that in any other band i've ever been in you know of of that of uh, of that meticulous magic the emotions i mean ty and jerry and i are very highly sensitive people and i i feel that that all that sensitivity comes through our art and our, our the drumming and bass playing guitar and singing. And I'm lucky to find my Led Zeppelin or my U2, you know, these guys, it's perfect. It's, it, it works. Um, uh, that's all I got to say. <laughs> that's great, but you guys can top that. What do you, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I hate, I hate playing with these guys. I don't know what <laughs> I don't mind playing with these guys. I just hate the guys themselves. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. We make okay music, but I don't like them. I always say, no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on, as soon as Jerry goes click, 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 something happens. And for that 90 minutes, it's us against the world. And there's yeah. this, you know, it's all, all I can think is just that the, the three of us, whatever that combination is, makes this thing and it seems yeah. like only the three of us can do it good or bad whatever that means it's just mm -hmm. that's what we do somehow when i when i play with other people i enjoy it very much it pushes me to do things i've never tried before it does all that stuff that helps to expand you but mm -hmm. it's also more like work um mm -hmm. and having to pay attention more technically while playing and stuff and mm -hmm. when we three play I don't, I can let go of all of that because we just lock and it's a safe place. 
mm -hmm. uh, where I don't nice. have to work so hard. You know? Safe. I like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. I like that's, that too. That's very mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Uh, guys, I think this has been great. Uh, again, it's it's uh, just special for me and honor for me to get to speak to you guys. Congrats on the record. It's amazing. Everybody's going to love it once they hear it. Um, so check out uh, Three Sides of Vaughn. comes out on September 2nd. Congrats and good luck with everything. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Peace and love. Have a good day, guys. Peace and love. Oh!